Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. We're in a a beginning stages of looking at... uh, the study of the Spirit of God. Turn with me to the book of Acts. And we uh, began to, to understand a little bit about uh, the Spirit of God and, and its, uh, His uh, appearance in the life of the church. And There's a couple of different things that we discussed last time about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is part of God's plan. The Holy Spirit was... Uh, 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 preached and taught about uh, by Jesus Christ during his ministry, and basically Jesus said that <clears throat> that he had to go and uh, depart before the Holy Spirit could come, and and so at the beginning of the book of Acts, it talks about the last few things that Jesus mentions, and he talks about. Uh, verse 2 and chapter 1 until the day in which he was taken up that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he had shared himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put it uh, in His own power, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in utter, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so Jesus right here in the book of Acts is telling them several things about the uh, the the bestowing of the Holy Spirit, the bestowing of the Holy Ghost upon uh, the first uh, members of the church of Jesus Christ, uh, those who are followers of Jesus. He tells His disciples essentially uh, that they need to stay in that area. Now, it's not clear here. Most uh, people reading this would consider this to be a message that He's given to His uh, 12 trusted disciples, uh, uh, well, minus Judas, but then uh, they, I believe, it by this point had already appointed another uh, disciple to take his place. But at, at, the, at the least, 11 disciples. But there's others who believe that uh, this is more than just his, just 11, but would be 
those that followed after Jesus. Many times in scriptures there they talk about Jesus' disciples and those are people that follow Jesus and follow his teachings and follow his ministry that aren't necessarily the chosen twelve that Jesus selected, but rather uh, a broader, larger group of people that included many women and, and those who were uh, who ministered to Jesus as he was ministering to others. And so um, Jesus is telling them that they must wait for the appearing of the Holy Spirit. And he tells them not to, to depart or to go into all different directions as yet, but to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is really talking about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What he's talking about is the coming of the Holy Spirit that would come upon them. And that's different from the filling of the Spirit uh, that will come at a later time. And so what we see are uh, his disciples there coming. And it also indicates here that Jesus is telling them that uh, once they receive the Holy Spirit upon them, in a few days hence. And of course we know uh, that that is Pentecost and we talked about that a little bit last time uh, when we started our study. He says that you're going to receive power and uh, it will uh, come upon you when you receive the Holy Spirit. And he says you'll be witnesses. You'll witness to others and you'll ter- carry the message of, of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, uh, not just to people in this uh, one area in Jerusalem, but where he's, he says you're going to take the message of, of, G- uh, of salvation to the people here, to the people in Judea, to the people all over the world. And so Jesus is trying to help them to understand that He's preparing them for His departure and preparing them for the ministry that lays ahead, the ministry that Jesus wants them to continue. And we see that Jesus is taken up and uh, He's uh, taken to the right hand of the Father and all these disciples are there and uh, we see this happening here in the first chapter uh, of Acts. And then in the second chapter of Acts, it says, When the day of the Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one accord in one place. Now they were all brought together, and I, I believe what his, uh, he's saying here in Acts chapter 2 is, is that there was a great deal, no, great number of Jewish people that were coming together in Jerusalem for the uh, celebration of Pentecost. And we talked about a little bit uh, in uh, detail last time about how Pentecost is celebrated by some denominations as being the time in which we read here in Acts chapter 2, but uh, we have to remember that this was a festival of the Jews uh, to remember the deliverance of God and to remember the blessings of God. It all starts uh, on the 14th of Nisan when they celebrate the Passover, being liberated from the bondage of, of slavery in Egypt. And then it goes on for 50 days after that is when Pentecost happens. Uh, Pentecost means 50th. And it's celebrating the first fruits of God, celebrating the blessings of God, celebrating God blessing the Israelites to be fruitful in the new territory that they were 
uh, receiving in the promised land. And this was a blessing of God, and it was also symbolic of Jesus Christ. Jesus is described as the first fruits of the Father. And so they had a couple of festivals, the, fe- uh, the festival of first fruits of barley, uh, and then the festival of first fruits of the wheat. And barley was uh, the first fruits that were taken, and it was uh, just the barley uh, oats that were collected and brought together and, and given as an offering to God. And this was to determine uh, the the blessing of God, the the richness of the crop that was about to be taken. The festival of first fruits that was the wheat was they were then to take the wheat and make it into bread. And uh, this was uh, the mixing of the first fruits, the mixing of the wheat to make into bread is symbolic of the mixing of the church taking in what uh, Christ has done within us and uh, providing a blessing to the world through uh, what God does in us and in particularly the Holy Spirit bringing about His work in us through His Spirit. And so the 50th is Pentecost. This is when all the people are coming together and they're, they're in Jerusalem and they're sharing about uh, sharing what God has done for them. And this is the opportune time for the Spirit of God to come upon the the church, to come upon the disciples there, and to provide the opportunity for uh, His work to be manifest in them, to share to everyone. And in Acts chapter 2 it says, And when the, Pentecost, uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem uh, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Uh, Parnithians and Medes and uh, it goes through a whole list of all these different places and they were all marveling at uh, he says in verse 11 and we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another what meaneth this some were even mocking saying that they were drunk and then Peter goes into his amazing uh, sermon on uh, Pentecost that that resonates with the Jews that are there, helping them to understand how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Messiah and helps them to have uh, faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, about 3,000 are added to the church that day as a result of, of the work of the Holy Spirit upon them. And so we see a couple of things. We see, uh, for, first of all, 
the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And it says that when they were there together, uh, they heard a couple of things. They saw some things. What were the things that they heard? First, they heard as a rushing wind. This sound is a sound that they heard coming from heaven like a rushing wind. It doesn't say that the wind blew. It doesn't say that the wind rustled or a a tornado or hurricane came through the area, but it said a sound like the rushing wind. This is not a a physical wind, and it's it's a, a sound that they all hear, very similar to the verbiage that's used when Jesus is baptized. Remember, as Jesus goes to John and uh, goes to be baptized, it says that after he came up out of the water, what happened? The Spirit lighted upon Jesus like a dove. So many people misunderstand that, thinking that the Holy Spirit's coming down and flying down uh, in the form of a dove and lights on Jesus' shoulder, and you see many... Uh, paintings depicting Jesus standing in the in the uh, Jordan River uh, with uh, John there with him and the dove sitting on his shoulder. That's not what the Bible means when it says that the Spirit descended on him like a dove. It's saying that uh, the Spirit of God gently uh, comes down and and uh, gently come falls upon Jesus Christ. Here it says that a great sound of wind happened. Does it say a wind happened? A wind didn't blow through. It sound it said a sound like a rushing wind, and that rushing wind <clears throat> alerts everyone in the area that there's something going on. It causes a great crowd, a great multitude to wonder what is happening because they hear this great uh, sound of a rushing wind and it's just like the burning bush that doesn't uh, isn't consumed. When Moses saw the burning bush in the wilderness that was not consumed, he was immediately, what, intrigued. He went to find out what it meant and he, as he approached, God spoke to him from the burning bush and told him that he was on holy ground. Uh, this is another incident in which the Holy Spirit uh, causes a great sound of a rushing wind and draws the attention of the people that are there, causes the people to, uh, to be aware of the fact that God is moving in their midst and that God is about to accomplish something. Then it says that something else happens. Another evidence of the, of the uh, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Okay, and so uh, we see two things so far now. We see, we hear the rushing wind or the sound of the rushing wind and then now we hear, uh, now we see the, the cloven tongues like a fire lighting upon them. This is an indication that the Holy Spirit is coming upon them and is an indication of the fact that the Spirit of God is is coming upon individuals. The Holy Spirit doesn't come on everyone that's assembled in that area because the Bible doesn't tell us that everybody starts speaking in tongues. Only the disciples of Jesus uh, begin to speak in tongues. And that's the third symbol, uh, a third evidence of the Spirit of God. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. And so we see that 
<clears throat> these cloven tongues uh, fall upon these individuals and their cloven tongues like a fire upon uh, uh, above these individuals showing the, the power of the Holy Spirit falling upon them. And as I said before, this is to indicate that the Holy Spirit is coming upon certain individuals. And uh, it uh, comes upon each one of them uh, that are the disciples. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, and so they began to speak in other languages. They began to speak in other uh, 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 languages that these individuals from all over the world could understand. Uh, languages that were there uh, in missionary work, they, they talk about what is your heart language. Your heart language is the language that you think in or the language that you grew up speaking in your home. And that's what these individuals were doing. All these folks understood and and knew probably knew Greek and they were all speaking a common languages that came together to to celebrate there in Jerusalem. Uh, but then they began to hear the gospel message in their heart language. They began to hear the gospel in the languages that from the places that they had grown up. And it indicates that, that God's desire is, is to reach into their lives and to touch them and affect them in a personal way because they were able to understand and know completely the gospel message. Because when you are listening to to someone speak in another language even though you might be very familiar with that other language there's a lot of times things you're not really sure of or you're you miss certain things that they're being said or you don't fully comprehend to hear the holy spirit is sharing the gospel message with them in their own native tongue their own native language so that there's no doubt of what the message of god is no doubt as to what god has intended for their lives and it's transforming it's it's an amazing thing they here's the effect that it has upon them uh, they were all hearing it hearing the, the message in the language of where they were born, and they were amazed, it says. Uh, <coughs> verse 12, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What does, the, what does this mean? <coughs> First of all, they were amazed at the fact that these individuals from Galilee, these simpletons, these guys that are not the the scholars of the Pharisees, they're not learned men, they're not people of the law uh, that would be the educated class. Uh, these are not priests who, who are expected to have a certain, uh, lang a certain understanding and a certain knowledge. These were, remember the disciples were mainly fishermen. They were individuals. Sure, you had a few that were maybe a little bit more intelligent. Uh, uh, you had... Luke that was the physician, you had Matthew that was the tax collector, maybe he was a little bit more sophisticated than the fishermen, but by and large these were guys that were not expected to be the most uh, worldly or rounded individuals and now they're speaking in languages that, uh, that were uh, 
reaching into the hearts of these individuals and and they were amazed also by the content of what they were saying. They couldn't comprehend it because they knew it was something special. They knew it was significant. They understood and realized the impact that it was having upon them because of the fact that they were not only amazed by their ability to speak in the other language, but they were questioning in their hearts. And that's the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit, remember, is to convict the hearts and lives of those who need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And here the Holy Spirit is working through the disciples to speak these words. And we're not given an account of the words that they share like we are of Peter who stands up and speaks for all of them in a few moments, but uh, we do know that they are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because it, it confounds them. They're, uh, they're moved to ask, what does this mean? Why are these men doing this? This is obviously the work of God. They could see that it was an impactful work of God that God was moving in their lives. And so they began to wonder, what is it? What's going on? And, and lastly, we see the results of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And Peter begins to, by standing up and beginning to uh, share his uh, uh, treatise or his uh, sermon by sharing with them all the things that uh, Jesus Christ has fulfilled in, in the uh, prophecy and sharing with them all the message of what Christ has done and uh, culminating in His death, burial, and resurrection uh, and telling them that this is uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah that they've all been uh, 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 looking forward to and anticipating. And the result is that their lives were transformed. Their lives were changed. God began to move in their life and the Holy Spirit worked in the lives of those who hear, heard this message and they were compelled to listen, compelled to hear the, the message of how Jesus Christ fulfilled uh, the prophecy of, of the Messiah that was to come and, and move them to accept Christ into their life and transform their life. And so these are the things, these are the elements of the, uh, the events of uh, Acts chapter 2. And we see in that compelling evidence, the compelling uh, 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 movement of the Holy Spirit, specific things that we need to, to take and apply to our lives today. First of all, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a time in which the Holy Spirit comes upon the whole uh, group and the whole area. Uh, this is when the Holy Spirit is given by God, uh, when after Jesus has been uh, ascended into heaven and the gift of the Holy Spirit enters into the world. Remember we talked about last time about the specifics of how the Holy Spirit worked and the Holy Spirit was evident throughout the history of mankind. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit primarily 
was uh, fell upon prophets for certain messages that God would have. Uh, he would tell a prophet to go and to speak at a certain time about his message to the people. He would tell the prophet to go and to do certain things. And we saw many prophets, uh, we see many prophets in the Old Testament that are empowered by God. And of course we see prophets like Elijah and Elisha that the Spirit of God is upon them for a period of time throughout the remainder of their life and uh, because their ministry entails uh, the, a long period. And we see that the Spirit of God also fell upon the judges in Israel. And most importantly, uh, the Spirit of God also fell on those that the prophets anointed to be king. And these anointed ones, uh, the kings, would have the power of the Holy Spirit upon their life. And of course, uh, we mentioned the uh, the very sad thing about Saul where the Holy Spirit left Saul and he wasn't even aware of the fact So, uh, uh, because of his disobedience. So now the Holy Spirit is coming not to be on just specific people, but now the Holy Spirit is coming upon those who are believers in Jesus Christ. And then we have uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit using certain individuals like the disciples to accomplish a task, to accomplish something that God desires uh, to, to be done. And the Holy Spirit is evident in their life in that uh, God uses them to spread the gospel to all these people and all these individuals that are there. And what happens? Uh, as all of these people go and leave and go back home, the message of, of or the gospel of Jesus Christ goes with them all over the world as they go back to their homes and they go back to the places they came from and they're carrying the message of Christ. And this is further uh, proof of the work of God in their lives. And so uh, we've got some misconceptions and misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work. And the first uh, misunderstanding is, is where it here says that they were uh, able to speak in various tongues. Uh, this is an Old Testament or more of a King James way of saying languages. And many people have taken this word of speaking in tongues and meaning to be utterances that mean uh, nothing. And what we have to uh, be careful of is the abuse of the work of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be careful of those who would abuse uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and we're all told what the gifts of the Spirit are, uh, right? I mean, we have the list in 1 Corinthians of, uh, uh, that uh, the gifts of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're also uh, given to understand that uh, that certain ones are given certain abilities to serve God within the church, some to be teachers, some to be uh, uh, um, uh, 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 uh those who do work within the church and some are given to uh, to be uh, uh, helpers. And so we need to remember that there's specific 
things. Now, can the Holy Spirit continue to do these things? I believe yes. The Holy Spirit's not take uh, doesn't have his uh, uh, ability and might restricted just simply because we live in a different age. I believe that there's uh, there's missionaries, there's uh, preachers there's people that that the holy spirit continues to fall upon and uses them in the same way to communicate to people that that have no one to communicate with them and to enable them to have the ability to share the gospel message uh but we have to remember there's certain rules there's certain things about the Holy Spirit. First of all is that the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we accept Christ into our life. The Holy Spirit is not uh, uh, a gift of God that, that tarries for a long period of time or wait, you wait until a specific time in order to get the Spirit of God upon your life. When you accept Christ into your heart and life, now after the uh, the bestowing of the Holy Spirit upon the church, when we uh, accept Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we're given spiritual gifts. We're given gifts that we're to use in the fellowship. That's why it's so important for us to come together as a church because all of us have different gifts and, and God blesses us in different ways to minister to each other as well as those outside of our church uh, to bring people into the, the faith. We also have an understanding that uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't gift us all in the same way. Paul talks about this. He says, look, uh, we can't all be uh, people who, uh, we can't all be an eye, the body of Christ. He's talking about the body of Christ. If we're all an eye, how could we speak? If we're all an ear, how would we smell? Uh, if we were all uh, uh, a mouth, how would we see? Uh, we have to understand that we all, all receive the same gifts, but we're given different gifts so that we might come together as one body and with Jesus Christ as the head and that we might uh, accomplish His work and His task in our lives. And so everyone is not to necessarily have the ability to speak multiple languages or, or be able to speak in utterances because that would mean that everybody have the same gift. And so we're in this study of the gifts we need to or and the Spirit of God, uh, we want to tackle the hard issues. The hard issues of what does it mean uh, to have the Spirit of God upon us? What does it mean to for the Spirit of God to lead us in a certain way? What does it mean uh, and how do we feel the work of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. The Holy Spirit is very active and, and continues to work in our lives uh, to this very day. And so uh, how can we recognize the work of the Spirit? How can we uh, be a part of God's work in our life and, and be useful to God, allowing God's uh, Holy Spirit to work in our life? Those are the things that we're going to discuss and, and tackle in this study of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to have this as a, an introduction uh, of the study of the Holy Spirit. And uh, hopefully we'll come together and have a clear, more uh, concise and more uh, detailed understanding of how God's, uh, the Holy Spirit works in our life. And let's also say up front 
that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is He because He is a part of the Godhead of the Trinity. He is God. And He is as much a person of God as Jesus Christ. And so we need to give reverence to the Holy Spirit in our life. And we need to speak of Him as a He because He is a part of the Trinity as we understand uh, that doctrine of the Trinity. So we'll get into this more and we'll get into a more in-depth study of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully we'll have more people here so we can uh, talk about this and, and learn and have a greater understanding of God's work in our life. Let's join together for prayer. The gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for your great love. <coughs> we thank you for your work within us. We praise you, Father, for the privilege of studying your word. Lord, help us as we go that we might be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.